This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we talk about what made news, what didn't and some things that shouldn't have. This is yours truly, Cherry Agarwal and with me today is Gaurav Sarkar. So today we'll be discussing MJ Akbar's deposition, we'll be talking about the protests that happened outside the Supreme Court against the clean shit given to CGI Ranjan Gogoi. We'll also be talking about Rahul Gandhi's recent rally in Delhi, we'll be talking about an unreliable news index put out by Pointer Institute and we'll be talking about election commission in Bhopal. So that's a lot. So before we deep dive, let me tell you who will be on the panel. We'll have Ayush, who is a new up-and-coming media slayer. So Ayush has moved on from his old beat, which was Harvest TV, and is now moving to the Election Commission. His latest report on the Election Commission is up on our website, newslaundry.com. But until Ayush is here to defend himself, let me tell you about Gaurav. Gaurav is a new and transformed ninja. He was running around the Supreme Court yesterday to cover the protest that was going on against the clean shit that was given to Chief Justice of India Ranjan Gogoi in a sexual harassment case. Running around, he ended up at the Mandarmark police station, but not by choice. Right, Gaurav? Definitely not by choice, yeah. Um, it was a little strange uh, in the beginning because uh, you don't really expect the police to detain you once you make, it, make them aware that you're a journalist, but... Uh, more than that, the prelude to the entire protest yesterday was was what really stood out. Uh, there were about 30 to 40 women who had, uh, you know, who were protesting the clean shirt given to CGI. And of course, on valid grounds, because there were holes in the sexual harassment investigation that was conducted by the three-member panel, in-house committee. But um, just, just picture this, because outside the Supreme Court gate, uh, you know, you have about 40 to 50 police personnel deployed along with the rapid action force. And on the other side of the road, you have 30 to 40 women who have gathered there with placards, banners, and you know, who want to do their sloganeering, who want to raise, who want to raise their voice against the injustice that they think has happened with the victim. The, the protest kicked off at about 10.30 a.m. And within the first 10 minutes, the police crossed over from the other side along with the rapid action force, pushed, pulled, dragged these women into vans, police buses, and they were then taken away to Mandirmark police station. Uh, while we were covering all of this, there were about three rounds of these protesters who were taken away and only a handful of them were left behind. One of them happened to be uh, this boy called Esteban, you know, who was giving a media bite to probably one other reporter at the time when I went up to him and started talking to him. And funnily enough, then a lady police inspector along with two other men came and started telling him, Ki, no, abhi aap bhi chalo So while they were taking him away, I was walking in front of them and, you know, trying to shoot what was happening while walking backwards. And I wanted to ask him two very quick questions, which I did. I asked Estepan that, uh, you know, did you, do you know why you're being taken away? He said, no. I said, are you a protester? Do you belong to any group? And he said, no. This obviously ticked off one of the police people who was there, you know, and they suddenly said, uh, isko bhi andar dalo. So I looked to my left and right and I was like, oh shit, I'm actually the only one here. So he does mean me. No, so if he was not a protester, he might not be a part of the organizations protesting. But if he, if he is not a protester, what was he doing there? He had come late. He was so there were so there were a lot of groups that had come together. There were there mm-hmm. are about three fifty signatures that are on the uh, form that was given or the press release that was given out by the organizations yesterday. But he was there in his individual capacity. You know, he wasn't there to uh, uh, to represent any particular organization. And I don't see that if you've, if you've already cleared out the area of all the protesters and you do have one, two left in pockets somewhere, I guess that's okay. But they did not want those media bites to be coming out from someone who's well-spoken. Hmm. So the minute this boy starts talking about power structures and you know how they are uh, taking advantage of the system, that is when they came and took him away. And he repeatedly keeps asking, if you see the video on newslaundry.com, uh, you'll see that he keeps asking the cops that on what basis are you taking me away? So if it was a Section 144 scene, they should have... They should have told him that it's a Section 144 scene. Instead, it's politely, nay, aap chalo, aap chalo, and they just grab his arms and put him into the back of the jeep. What you're telling me, I mean, it's giving me goosebumps, right? I mean, this conversation about power structure. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, from the pictures, from the pictures that Gaurav put out and the, from the pictures that others have put out, I mean, the number of paramilitary forces, if mm-hmm. I'm right, and the police personnel that were present, they clearly outnumber the protesters. So I'm just wondering how intimidating it would have been to be there. Gaurav, could you also tell us, okay, before Gaurav tells us what more happened <laughs> there, 
Ayush Tech. is in the house. Hi. Hi. Hello. Sorry. A lot of traffic jams, but I had to jump a lot of red, red lights. Was this today. new haircut? <gasps> It's not a haircut. It's a helmet. Actually. Oh, okay, okay. Ayush, you putting the blame of you being late on a traffic people who uphold our law and order. No traffic people. The traffic jam. But you jumped a lot of red lights. Yeah, I did. Camera people. I follow. I follow traffic laws at my convenience. To be very oh, honest. Wow. <laughs> We're live, guys. <laughs> it's okay. I hope Delhi police is not watching. Him. They took you today. They'll take me tomorrow. <laughs> But legit, because you were breaking the law, he wasn't breaking the law. He was reporting on the protest. True. What happened at the police station, Gaurav? Uh. Okay, so just to give a little bit more color to what had happened earlier, in my personal opinion, I think that the protest was. completely electrifying you know i have never seen a small group of protesters take on and voice everything that they had to so loudly and with so much energy that matlab deewal hila ke rakh diye supreme court ke kal and that was that is what you call putting on a show to protest you know that is what you call believing really really believing in the cause that you are there representing at that time so these women were taken away me and astapan followed in a van when we were chucked in and uh, once we were taken to mandir mark police station in fact on the way there were two constables who came with us two lower rank constables and i just asked them ki laughingly asked them ki bhaiya ye aapko sahi lagta hai ki aap press ko bhi leke ja rahe ho so one of them was like sir hame to malum hi nahi ki hame yahan pe deploy kyu kiya gaya hai so i was like cool you're following orders higher up then once we reach mandir mark police station they take our names down at the entrance and we're taken to like a courtyard type room at the back open space courtyard type very big very big and If you thought that the energy outside Supreme Court was electrifying, dude, the energy here was fucking next level. I remember was, hearing a lot of chants. I remember hearing a lot of sloganeering. They were Is that they were singing. They were singing like songs of freedom, songs of freedom of speech. नारे लगा रहे थे स्लोगन्स लगा रहे थे वीडियोज बना रहे थे इट एंड द फनी पार्ट इज दैट यू हैड अबाउट टेन ट्वेल्व पुलिस ऑफिसर सिटिंग राइट देर जस्ट लुकिंग एट वट वॉज हैपनिंग बिकॉज they didn't get orders from higher ups how to handle the situation the protesters were kept back there till the till late afternoon till orders came from higher ups but just that sheer intensity of like just making the walls vibrate with every line that you're singing with every uh, slogan that you're chanting that was truly a sight to see yesterday and uh, i'm sort of glad that we could capture that on camera i don't know if it was like a blessing in disguise to be there at that time to be detained uh, uh okay maybe but it was it was really nice to see that this wasn't a protest like any other you know because we we did know that there would be pushback after the cgi was given a clean shit it would have been dumb to not assume that that there will be pushback but this kind of energy that just comes with uh, believing in your cause i think that is that is the only message that can be put out from yesterday in fact the protest will continue guys the protest will continue today tomorrow day after from what i know uh, till till the court shuts on friday So please do lend your support to the cause, you know, and keep reading what we put out uh, on the case as it develops. And uh, follow Gorov in case he goes to the protest and ends up in another jail. This started out as a joke, and now I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> it's, a, it's 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 one of those jokes you are, you know, not so sad about coming true. I saw what you um, retweeted yesterday, yeah, bro. That comment <laughs> you took. Good, you took. I think I thought you took good advantage of the fact that you were in custody. That's how it should be. That was great. Proud of you, actually. <laughs> Is that why you've changed your look so that people don't recognize you? Yeah, I tied my hair yesterday. Today, I've like washed it. I'm going to leave it open. But just to give some context to our listeners, a former SC staffer, 35-year-old woman, had levelled sexual harassment allegations against CJI Gogoi during an in-house hearing, uh, led by three-judge panel. She had asked for a lawyer to be present, and she had asked that the recording that the proceedings be recorded but she was not given the support she was asking for which is why she recused from the hearing the panel went ahead ex parte and later gave a clean chit to cji gogoi and the protest was against this clean chit that gorov was at today there's another protest in rajiv chowk which gorov has already told you about so gorov what are you planning to do today well uh, i think we'll we'll look at it from from a larger point of view about what because yesterday there was a lot of things that were silenced you know the protest was called off uh, right before it could kick off into full power the pe- mm. the protesters were taken away especially uh, because you know the area outside supreme court is a section 144 you can you can invoke that the cops did invoke that in fact to paradox my und- to uh, my understanding it is always in place exactly exactly paradoxically enough which i didn't know i don't think a lot of us knew that so they keep invoking 144 in high profile areas once every 3 weeks so it is a perpetual state of 
section 144 that's imposed in Lutyens Delhi at least in parts of it which is like the center seat of power in our country which is very strange which means that you can't really accumulate their numbers you can't protest there you can't voice your dissent there but uh, section 144 uh, prohibits the assembly of four or more people yeah uh which is funny because yesterday when i was detained and taken in the van it was actually just three of us there on the spot so at that time in that particular three group three media professionals no it was me the guy whose video i was taking uh-huh. and another reporter hmm. whose name i don't want to take out of choice right now you know that reminds me the fact that they just apply 144 and take it off at will there's this very good theory by one of one of the great jurist philosopher called Giorgio Agamben called the state of exception which in which he said that these laws are usually you know passed keeping in mind that they are exceptional that they are they'll be put in place in emergency situations but it always ends up being especially in third world banana republics that that state of exception is permanent mm-hmm. so if those laws which are meant to you know emergency powers which are made for rarest of the rarest occasions mm-hmm. if you can just invoke them at any time it just shows arbitrary rule I not mean, a rule of law they are discretionary powers and yeah. the problem is we are relying on the state to use them at will and yes. they use them at will exactly i mean there's also reason to be applied but then of course that isn't but coming back to section 144 if there is section 144 in place all the time then did the protesters ask for permission before doing that so to be very clear no they did not have the prior permissions that were required because in all honesty let's face it if you do go ask for permission you will be turned down which means that you then cannot voice your dissent you'll have to take your protest to pragati maidan or something like that which is not where this protest will have the same amount of hmm. power or the same amount of impact right you're protesting against the cgi you need to protest outside the supreme court so in that context it seems a little strange also like very very strange is the fact that if you did have to invoke section 144 then why had you since 9:30 am deployed such heavy force already outside supreme court you were clearly anticipating a certain showdown there if you had to invoke 144 you could have cordoned off the area way before knowing that there is a protest that's going to happen you don't need to wait see the numbers intimidate them with your own numbers and then invoke 144 also if you're going to invoke 144 especially against a group of solely women protesters you cannot drag them you cannot manhandle them and push them into buses like they're sheep it it was it was a it was a very brash sight to see yesterday i mean i'm also wondering if there's 144 and women are going there they are expecting to be detained because it's violation of 144 which is in place the other thing is i mean if 144 has been in place all the time then what about the other groups that are there on the supreme court lawns for example when i was covering section 377 when it was scrapped there were a lot of people there to cheer for the order to cheer for what was happening there were a lot of groups there but if section 144 was in place why were those people not detained so i think you're talking about inside the supreme court right the lawns inside the supreme yes. court so these guys might must have been there inside the supreme court because they must have already had access to the courtroom where they must have come for the hearing which was an open hearing so the people who had shown up inside the court premises are probably privy to doing this on the lawns but when you're outside on the road right mm-hmm. outside the supreme court then you've not been granted access inside the court which then gives the cops the power to probably detain you or take you away that is my understanding of it but what ayush pointed out is i think really important that even if section 144 is there all the time it is exercised only at will only mm-hmm. at convenience moving on from this topic gorov you were also at the rouse avenue court covering mj akbar's deposition yeah. could you tell us what happened from your piece i thought there was a lot of energy there was a lot of drama there were a lot of underhanded jibes <laughs> It was in fact one of the most uh, I wouldn't say dramatic but it was one of the most energetic courtrooms that I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh and this I'm saying after covering courts for the last 3 weeks consistently but uh, you had everyone there right you had MJ Akbar there in person for his deposition. Mm-hmm. You had uh, Priya Ramani who had excluded herself from personal appearance you know she'd exempted herself from that. She was there. You had Fade Souza flying in from Bombay. You had Nidhi Razdan from NDTV. You had all the who's who, practic Barkhadat, etc. Everyone was there, and they were a part of the gallery. And we're talking about Rouse Avenue Court Complex, which is generally, which is a new court complex. It's very fancy, very high tech. Uh, so coming. And this was all in context of the defamation case filed by former Union Minister M J Akbar against journalist Priya Ramani. Correct. Yeah. Who was among the first people to level allegations of sexual harassment against Akbar? Correct. Uh, Akbar says that. because she did this and because her tweets were picked up 
he was defamed that is his grounds he also says that she didn't name him in a vogue article but she called him out on twitter when she was posting in her personal capacity anyway that all all that is like probably in the past but coming back to the scene at the courtroom that day itself you know in court number 203 uh i walked in and uh, obviously acmm samar vishal is sitting there and you mm. have both the lawyers sitting here you have mj akbar giving his opening statement which was convoluted as fuck he spoke about he spoke about how many books he's written in which year he was the editor of which place hmm. how he started writing when he was a young boy and then became a so called serious writer this was his opening statement but that is how defamation depositions go right Correct. you have to establish that you have a reputation that can be defamed 100% but after this deposition is when comes the cross questioning mm-hmm. yeah that is when akbar's lawyer has no control over that she doesn't that get... is when ramani's lawyer becomes a ninja and takes over the deposition yeah but the, here it just turns out that uh, the ninja wasn't prepared for uncouth behavior from her rival opponent ouch because what happened was uh, you know rebecca john priya ramani's lawyer when she had the floor she was asking akbar a series of questions like two three questions which could establish a certain thing so she wanted to establish whether ramani had come uh, to ask for a job in asian age was being set up you know and whether akbar had called her to a hotel or not at nariman point that same evening uh, which is where the alleged sexual harassment correct, takes place correct yeah but turns out that every time every time uh, john tried to ask a question she was cut across by geeta luthra who was representing akbar and she was cut across unceremoniously she was cut across like that uh, let's just say that geeta luthra sounded like that nerdy school girl who always puts her hand up first when there's a question <laughs> asked and she's always like i object and these are the grounds and some of it was so petty cuz she's just telling acmm samar vishal that uh, she, she's she's telling him so can we have it in question answer format this is not a question it's not ending in a question mark etc but wow. cross <laughs> but cross examination has to take place in a question answer format you can't lead the person deposing Yeah but there is if you don't end in a question mark doesn't make it not a question is what i'm saying you can ask a first question you can follow up with the second question but at least wait for the second question you know you can't object in the first three questions itself yaar it's a cross examination that's going on so what you're basically saying is that mj akbar is being represented by hermione granger yeah man yeah <laughs> see dude like uh, bits of it really really surprised the gallery the gallery com- comprised of barkha nidhi everyone who was there and the energy with the gallery was just phenomenal that day you know because at one point geeta luthra has just cut across uh, you know rebecca john again and the entire gallery has just chorused oh god like that you know like come on man like just let her let her do the questioning this I went mean- on for about an hour and after an hour the here entire hearing has gone on for about 2 hours which is really long and at that point acmm samar vishal just said uh, you know we should cap this for today cuz everyone's getting really like drained out by what geeta luthra is doing and geeta luthra herself says that you know sir i actually have prior, more i have another appointment at the supreme court so can we please call this off early and samar vishal just tells her that you know i have no other case today to hear we could have done this today so the next time you come back make sure that you have enough time on your hands and you don't have any other appointments to go anywhere so what i'm trying to say is okay uh, you know what actually another thing that i should mention is the gallery because i think the support from them towards priya ramani was phenomenal it the was the support from the gallery makes a difference is it i think it does i think it does which is why geeta luthra kept telling that uh, you're you're playing to the gallery you're playing to the gallery she'll play to the gallery if you give her a chance hmm. you're not really doing that so the cross examination is getting hampered it's not flowing the way it's supposed to flow and on top of that you're accusing the the you're accusing the defense lawyer of saying that uh, you know you're playing to the gallery in in my personal opinion this is completely in my personal opinion it seemed like a time wasting tactic it but aren't advocates prepared for this i mean if let's say rebecca john was in geeta luthra's place wouldn't she be doing the same but thing but can't we be classy about it can't we be I little mean, classy about it these are lawyers who have to defend their clients whom they believe or know to be innocent or not innocent whatever the sure. case may be but they have to do everything to win the case for their client so you're saying they can stoop down to any level to win the case for a client i wouldn't want them to but they could i mean there's no law stopping them from sure, it sure but i would say show some class play the play the game by the rules it's meant to be played 
यू नो डोंट डोंट कम एंड बोलर दूसरा जस्ट बिकॉज यू कैन एंड इफ ओनली एवरी वन प्ले द गेम बाई द रूल्स लाइक द पुलिस उटसाइडरी and like obviously everyone's laughing you know at that time cuz it was so childish inside court it's like it's like akbar picked geeta luthra because he knew she can do this this is her scene she can time waste she is not she's just unabashed unapologetic and interrupting over and over. just imagine someone shooting their hand up in class every time the teacher is saying something and that is exactly what she was and w- what was akbar like through all this i think he looked sleepy First okay. of all I think he looked really sleepy he looked a little drained and tired he measured his words very carefully he spaced them out very carefully he took his own time in giving his statements so that that does take up some time on the clock uh funnily enough there were times when he was saying something and he was slipped like pieces of paper he was there was some whispering going on and that's when uh, ramani's lawyer kept telling him that you know you can't really do this you can't feed him the answers that he's supposed to give so i mean but they are fed the answers even before they come to the court room which they is, are prepared which is fine. you I can think, do that but I think you, that's again the class thing <laughs> definitely yeah. prepare your client as much as you want yeah that is a that is completely a part of the game but to sit under the acmm's nose and pass notes and tell ki bhai tujhe ye bolna hai tujhe ye nahi yeah. bolna hai obviously the gallery is going to fucking call that shit out yeah that's ridiculous you really can't do that and it's seen like the reporters are standing right behind you can see the whispering in the ears going on you can see the passing of papers going on yeah you wouldn't do, you wouldn't need to do that if you have a you know really robust reputation to protect yeah. i think and you know in the right in the beginning akbar while while deposing while giving his opening statement he said uh, the prime minister was not very happy with uh, with the way the allegations unfurled against he me he said that yeah he he invoked the prime minister when he was doing that and this was in his opening statement interesting Why would he say that? Because then the tone of the courtroom changes, the approach of the ACMM towards him changes. Ki, boy, prime minister, he khush nahi hai. That that's so fucked up. Why? Okay, so again, this is my personal opinion. Why would the ACMM allow Geeta Luthra to continue with this kind of behavior in the courtroom, in spite of Ramani's lawyer saying over and over again, "Your Honor, I cannot conduct the cross examination in such an environment." He did not tell her to shut up once. He did not tell her to take her seat once. Maybe he said your objection is overruled once or twice. But Geeta Luthra's voice was heard way more than Ramani's lawyer, and Ramani's lawyer is supposed to have the floor to cross examine Akbar. It just yeah. seems like the scales tipped. Gaurav, I want to ask about the gallery, right? How much impact does the gallery have on the morale of, let's say, Ramani and that of Akbar? Do you think it really makes a difference? To their morale, yes. To the outcome of the hearing or the judgment, I would say none, because that is supposed to be impartial. Mm-hmm. But it's not wrong to have a gallery in an open Absolutely. court. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if you're there to support someone, and if people from the fraternity are going to fly down, in fact, at Patiala House Court when the first hearing happened. Uh, uh Rajdeep etc everyone was there yeah, to show support and why not yeah she's called out an ex union minister she deserves the support ki ye gallery se aa raha hai ki wo gallery se aa raha hai but mm. it just seems that Geeta Luthra and her hand shooting upwards mm. was the highlight of that hearing so gorav i have one final question sure. for you you are on your way to change the paradigm of legal reporting oh, oh. <laughs> no pressure <laughs> so is this the reason why you end up being detained by police so that you can go to another courtroom Yeah dude that is that is exactly wow people now know my game plan <laughs> shit but no. how did it feel when you were detained was it scary it took me a couple of minutes to realize what was happening it definitely wasn't scary because i mean you've just taken 30 40 protesters away right mm. before me uh it That's wasn't scary but to be honest like you know just between the three of us and all the listeners i'm glad that we could we could report from inside the police station because That is where you see that the energy did not die down, even though the protesters were taken away. Yar, तुमको सुप्रीम कोर्ट की आवाज बाहर आवाज नहीं करने देंगे तुम पुलिस स्टेशन में आके आवाज करो. कितना रुकोगे आवाज तो निकली. Which is why I asked you, did you enjoy getting detained on the WhatsApp group? Enjoy तो नहीं था. Was this the first time you were detained? It was the second time I was detained. When was the first? Uh, that was a. What were you doing the first time, Gaurav? I got into a brawl during a football match. I. Yeah. That's fine. That's yeah, it wasn't fine. like a not as proud. Not a journo thing. Yeah, but yeah. It was so just I have one person who breaks traffic rules and one person who gets into brawls during football matches. People should see me rolling my eyes. I've broken a lot of laws in this country, to be very honest. But 
So just one little trivia about the Mandar Mark police station. This is where a lot of journalists end up going when they are covering protests. Last time when Sehla, our campus editor, uh, was covering a protest by college students, she was also taken there. Another Quint reporter who was covering a protest against demolition was also taken there. And the weird thing is, even after they present their press card, just like you mm-hmm. also presented your press card, they're still taken for this quote-unquote verification. Mm-hmm. I mean, what uh, what different are you going to verify there? Was there any verification done Zero. for you? Zero. In fact, when when we when I reached there, I asked, why have I been brought here? Mm-hmm. Said he'll talk to me later. The inspector Vikram Reed Singh said he'll talk to me later. While letting us go, at, when he said that the journalists are free to go right now, just give us your names, etc. Tried to ask me for my phone number. I said, I can't give you my phone number. You can take my email ID, but I'm not going to give you my phone number. And I asked him that on what grounds are you leaving us now? So he just said, ho gaya hai. That is cryptic to like some different level. See, you, you need to either tell me why have I been brought here and on what grounds you're leaving me. You- they wanted to disperse the crowd, which they did. Yeah, but they did. I mean, the women protesters weren't let go for four yeah. hours. Yeah. yeah, which so, is, and you know, this is, uh, to be honest, not the worst that has happened. I remember being in the uh, the Nirbhaya protest in 2012 when mm-hmm. this prayed. I, I, you have videos of mm-hmm. uh, women protesters being beaten up and water cannons and those uh, tear bombs. So, I mean, detaining them for four hours is still much better than that. But you should expect the state to be out. I don't know people why they're surprised at this. Moving on from Gaurav being detained to mm. Ayush being at a Raga rally. Yeah, Ayush, which was as good as being detained as well. <laughs> okay, please don't make the two comparison. You were still free yeah. and he was working against the powers of the state. Exactly. So what happened at the Rahul Gandhi rally? Where was it? When was it? How was the vibe of the rally? Well, it was not a rally, as they put it. It was a public meeting, mm-hmm. which is, I think, what political parties who, which do not have a lot of money call their rallies. Because they booked the most cramped venue in the most cramped part of town in Sadar Bazaar in Old Delhi. And uh, he came, he gave a 25-minute speech on everything, you know. So in the rally, the people, the actual people who would, who are there to be in the rally were at the, you know, behind. Sabse aage, there were the supporters of the Congress, the Karyakartas, and on the side, the media. And then there's a, at least a 30-foot space and then the stage. So it was rather... You know, that Congress attitude towards people, I think, somehow still remains the same. But it was... It'll be interesting to note if this is the same composition at the Modi rally today. Yeah, that's what I actually have in mind to find out. And But the thing is, the whole affair was quite a damp squib. There was not too much enthusiasm. People were there to see him because he has a celebrity value, of course. But if you talk to them as I did about, you know, what the issues are, what they're going to vote for, they're all going to vote for Modi. Was Rahul Gandhi on time? No, he was an hour late. Which is, I don't blame him because he's coming to Sadar Bazaar (laughs) at 6 in the evening. And no one can do that on uh, time at least. But he was supposed to be in Amethi on the same day and he cancelled that and he flew flew to Delhi. So I think that's good. what, that's what caused the problem. But I was talking to people there and one could sense, uh, if you know Chandni Chowk and you know how important that constituency is, it's one obviously has a historical value and second, it's the most populated, most densely populated area in Delhi. So the most votes come there, at least 15 lakh votes. So it's very important and he was obviously there to canvas votes for the candidate of the Congress, J.C. Agarwal. But the people were not the, you know, the happiest people you'd find in other parts of town and the most, you know, cleanest or just tidy part of town as compared to New Delhi or South Delhi. So there are broken dividers, there are cows open on the roads, there are garbage on the roadside. It was a very poor sight. And most of the people standing there were these working class crowds which works in these parts of the cities. And they were... Did the crowd not complain of inconvenience because of the public meeting since it's such a cramped space? So, there was some uh, problem on the road, but they seemed to be managing it well. But the crowd did not complain, from what I could talk. They did complain about things such as the road and, the, of course, the atmosphere in that part of town. But what are the electoral issues for people in that area? Look, the, the very first problem is they face is corruption and development. 
because two things because development obviously because as i said the whole place is in shambles the infrastructure is falling apart you know when we when i was a, when i was small and growing up in delhi we would say ki agar delhi mein kabhi bhukamp aaya to sabse pehle pahad ganj girega and that used to be a way to show you know how uh, badly that area is the, how badly that area is yeah. and second issue is corruption because i was talking to some auto drivers who drive e rickshaws or rickshaws there and they were saying ki hum yahan se wahan nahi ja sakte without being stopped by a police officer humse vasooli hoti hai to and these are you know this is the poorest part of town and this happens to the poorest of the people so it has that extra bit of frustration you could see in the eyes of these people they were actually frustrated they were there for just actually i thought to bust their stress you know this rahul gandhi coming chalo dekhte hain but there was no such loyalty you'd find amongst a crowd in a bjp rally which i saw in bhopal for example so that element was very very absent and actually that says a lot so there were a lot of bjp supporters in the pragya thakur rally in bhopal and congress supporters in uh this press meet were missing yeah and it's not just supporters but you have to measure them by their loyalty uh, so after when you start talking to them and you pushing some you know hard questions eventually they give away and they say ha ye to dikkat hai hamari party ke sath ye to dikkat hai bjp people don't do that you know they i when i was talking to them they, i took it to the end and they still argued for sadhvi Mm-hmm. and sadhvi is much more controversial than rahul gandhi but here i could when i said you know 2009 se 14 ke beech mein upa 2 mein jo corruption hua hai and they were like ha wo sab hua hai lekin har sarkar karti hai so they weren't very uh, persistent with defense. what do you think drives this loyalty towards the bharatiya janata party i think first and foremost is that bharatiya janata party actually has an ideology around which it can rally people and that ideology is very powerful and cogent at least as for those who believe in it the congress does not have any ideology except for secular nationalism which people don't really believe in and there's no good reason to believe in it also and of course the fact that what is known as the idiosyncratic variable the modi figure the charisma of modi is very strong so the loyalty goes straight to him it's almost like every karyakarta does not just have you know uh, their uh, feelings for the local representative but a direct line to modi and that's what they see in I mean, congress that's absent i mean it's also about when you're choosing out of a binary then it becomes very powerful because you know where you stand yeah. but when we talk about an ideology or what the congress is speaking about mm-hmm. it's in between the spectrum which becomes very difficult to relate to and believe in because you don't have like a very yeah. cut out and sharp idea oh this is where i stand yeah but i also wanted to ask you were mentioning electoral issues like mm. corruption that the people feel really strongly about mm. was this what rahul gandhi addressed it sounds to me like it was a very futile exercise no yeah it was a very futile exercise because for example he is here to canvass votes for the congress person who's standing from chandni chowk now when at what point in his speech does he actually do that he does it after he finishes his speech goes back waves to the people and probably someone in the you know on the stage tells him you should tell to ask them to vote for this fellow then he goes back to the mic and he says ye jc agarwal ji hain inke liye vote kare hamare congress ke wow that sounds like a super huge yeah. blunder yeah so that was that was rather reckless but the issues he talked about were the national issues G- gabbar singh tax demonetization nay scheme hmm. those were the the main planks that they are running but on. wait i mean delhi has so many other party candidates that are being fielded by the congress why did he come to support this person and this constituency because as i said chandni chowk is a very symbolic constituency not only is it you know the gra- oldest and the most historical part of town and holds a huge symbolic value for example kapil sibbal stood from there one from there in 2004 2009 but it's also the most densely densely populated area of the city so but he didn't know the electoral issue or rather he didn't address them and he didn't even mention the party candidate in his speech yeah in the main speech didn't and i don't expect him to know the electoral issues i don't think anyone who's so above the party actually knows every little thing about the constituency but the the latter part is what is the problematic bit but i want to come back to the people you spoke to the people tell me some interesting bits that happened what was your experience as a reporter on the ground 
when there are just people and people around you i mean that is what you do as a reporter right speak to people yeah well very interesting bunch of people as parikshit and i were discussing yesterday and uh, so i was talking to this one fellow and of course there was these chants man and they were hilarious obviously <laughs> we can't put them on tape but uh, and which was the you know the neem ka patta kadwa hai modi sala beep hai and they were chanting <laughs> that and I, it was rather you know shameless because <laughs> the moment i switched on my camera and put it towards them they shout started shouting that if there's one thing they've learned from the last week since that controversy is broken they shouldn't be doing that but as you know priyanka gandhi found out recently and open magazine did a very good ground report with her they said that congress is very undisciplined their workers are very undisciplined and rahul gandhi said that in the ndtv interview that they can be very disorganized so that's one one big con that's, that's there for the congress that's quite some confession from a party leader yeah that was but bold i thought but at the rally i was talking to people and they were talking about this party worker ki congress itni achhi hai and congress ne kiya and there were people surrounding him and as he was saying one of the young men went nahi to hame to nahi mila yahan pe kuch bolta hai nahi yahan pe congress ne sabko you know badlav laaye hain acha kab laaye hain and then he <laughs> and then he you know started घर घर मोदी हर हर मोदी डिफरेंसन So look it definitely happens that I know for a fact because I've Have grown you did you see it were you witness to any of this Not at these two rallies mm-hmm. but growing up in Delhi I have seen this when uh, on rally day I remember going on a Sunday for a haircut there was some rally I was 10 11 and the barber the barber shop where I was you know he got three <laughs> full plates of food and they were like mm-hmm. you know ye bjp wale khana de rahe hain lete aao so they do that Was it biryani It was dal makhani and chawal and roti and rasgulla Okay. I still remember that. <laughs> so, and that was there, but in these two rallies, I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if they would have done that, people would have shown much more loyalty towards Rahul Gandhi, mm-hmm. and you know, actually showed up. But there were hardly two hundred people at this public meeting. At the Sadhvi rally, no, I didn't. I don't think they did anything. But then Sadhvi rallies were also very worker centric. It wasn't too many people centric. They also did it. it was a hindutva rally in the old part of bhopal which is very muslim dominated so the people weren't i think too many too much interested in listening to her but no there wasn't any giveaway there i mean there's a lot of difference that is playing into how these rallies work out eventually party ideology where they are held loyalty of the cadre discipline amongst the cadre how yeah. the people at the top of the party are pitching it but i hope the listeners go and watch your story you're doing a video story on yeah, this yeah it'll be out today but beyond this i do want to talk about what do you think made news what did you think did not make enough news i thought what should have made news was the ifcn fuck up the ifcn is the international fact checking network it comes under the florida based pointer institute mm-hmm. which is a sort of a very reputed journalism school and the ifcn gives creditation to me- fact checking websites around the world mm-hmm. so famously abhi recently alt news got their creditation a month before that op india was rejected <laughs> that creditation so it has been built up as this you know place which puts the stamp of approval if you are a fact checking domain but how reliable are these stamps it's it's i have actually i don't know enough about this to tell you how reliable they are but what you can look at to judge their reliability is this index of unreliable news websites that they put out on the 30th of april now they put out these index with 515 websites saying you know these are unreliable biased or fake they have three different tags and they put three websites indian websites into it first post indiatimes.com and postcard news now not that i have any problem with india times it does a lot of clickbaity stuff but putting them in the same league with postcard news is th- totally unjustified worst putting first post for yeah worst when it comes to first post and first post first post objected and turns out then there were multiple websites which were quite legitimate but to put in that list and the way they did that they relied on several you know 
other list that people had made it academics had made and they just copy pasted it oh shit so yes. they didn't do the groundwork on their own nope. they just picked up stuff from other website oh wow exactly that really doesn't sound like a very reliable that's a very process. very bad methodology and as it turned out that's what they had to bear because uh, first post objected they were taken off washington examiner us based objected taken down and by the end of the day on the 2nd of may if you went to the website it was error 404 the article is down then this sounds like a bbc deja vu yeah it was a bbc deja vu and i the short i wrote on it i also mentioned this and when the let- letter to the editor came out she also said you know we had a very bad methodology so we are sorry and this happened in december too how are they realizing that their methodology is screwed up now they should have caught it when they began which is what is so fantastically reckless about these exercises that if you had observed what the bbc did in india where they put some leg- legitimate websites in and group them with fake news websites and then they had to you know recede and publish the methodology section in the report then i mean you're a fact checking network you should know the trends and the cautions that you have to take they didn't do that and this guy who was heading the you know the this project called Barry Goldberg he was an he's a podcast producer so i'm not i was not sure what what are his credentials for doing these things but it they aren't very good obviously because it was taken down they had to apologize but it doesn't say good things about every other website that has mm-hmm. an ifc accreditation now because you can just point to this stupidity that they did and it wasn't covered very much which is disappointing you don't have very good things to say about the index list but from what i gather from your report you have really good things to say about the election commission in bhopal yeah <laughs> the election commission i like the smile mm. on your face well to be very honest i didn't expect when i i said this in the last podcast also that with the kind of infancy that that social media cell is and the kind the they are so behind in the race especially behind bjp and congress when it comes to it cells i didn't expect them to be so uh you know i didn't expect them to be on the top of things as they were they were very organized dynamic and very efficient and as i said i can give more details to you today so the social media cell in every state comes under the office of the chief electoral officer the ceo and what they do they have two primary tasks first to make sure that there is no misinformation on o- online when it comes to campaigning and politics and elections second to make sure that political advertising is accounted for mm-hmm. so for example this year what the election commission has done they've asked the candidate to f- give their official social media handles in their nomination papers and state the budget amount that they'll be spending on their campaigns online is this the first time they've been the election commission is asking for social media handles and pages i can't confirm that independently but i've been told it's the first time and uh, it would make sense for this to happen first time because this is the first time the election is so much active on social media uh but so what they do is so for example you cherry are mm-hmm. running for elections and you say that out of the 70 lakh that you are allowed as an individual to spend mm-hmm. on your campaigning you have put aside 5 lakh for your online you mm-hmm. know pushing mm-hmm. posts and sponsoring mm-hmm. posts now how does the election commission make sure that you spend exactly 5 lakh and not beyond that so they have an association with facebook and twitter the guidelines that came out in march by which facebook and twitter have given them a library which they can access which shows which them which did a very detailed report exactly and a library which shows them how much a person spent on a particular post you, for mm-hmm. every individual mm-hmm. sponsored posts so you can obviously you know take that money you can multiply them and you can find the amount but if you are a page a politician's page and you're spending too much money which can be seen in the fact that your page is putting a lot of content that is creative hmm. which can be seen in the fact that your page is putting out a lot of creative content videos and animations and obviously these people know because the people heading in the social media cell have that experience they are vetted that way they know the mm-hmm. insider rates of how much money it costs to make mm-hmm. a video like that so, so they can calculate putting, it putting all this together the election commission guys calculate and estimate how much money they are spending exactly. and is it above and beyond the amount of money that they have said 
that will be spent on these ads exactly that's how it happens and if it turns out that cherry spent 6 lakh instead of 5 lakh then they don't take any action but they make sure that that's accounted for mm-hmm. so therefore if everything went like that you would have spent 71 lakh but they won't you won't be able to spend 71 lakh because then they put it in your account and therefore they kept in check so ayush if i campaign and i contest will you vote for me will you be a part of my campaigning team i mean if you promise that you won't be you know going around uh, killing men then i'll vote for you what what does that even mean is i don't go a, around killing men this is a joke this is a joke take it lightly but i go around killing and smashing patriarchy sexism and misogyny then i'll vote for you Good. okay then <laughs> so i have one person on my campaign team okay yeah long mm. way to go but if you read the piece then you know there are some really good memes in it also yeah, those were really amazing i was like okay wow yeah it was so who's creative who's making those memes the head of the social media cell was this person mm-hmm. called you know this bespectacled 31 year old geek called uh, sunil verma mm-hmm. uh he has got this idea of you know and most of the people the oldest guy in this all social media cell was 31 hmm. so they are young oh, people wow. yeah so they know the ways to reach out to young people mm-hmm. and they he handles this uh, page that everyone i recommend our listeners to go follow called at the rate ceo mp hmm. which is the chief electoral officer madhya pradesh and the way they try to push people to vote is they put out these very funny memes which hmm. they should check out But I want to ask, why did you choose the Bhopal Election Commission, and why not some other election commission? Because um, first of all, I was going to Bhopal anyway for instrumental reason. I was going to cover Sadhvi and to check out the journalism scene there. So I thought, why not this? Second, most of the electoral impropriety that happens. is for whatever reasons occurs in the restricted domain of north india i could have chosen lucknow also it could have been as good or jaipur because rajasthan and up are as bad but bhopal is also one spot and also bhopal is also site where paid news is very very prevalent so and these people are on a lookout for such paid content they know when they see it because they have a trained eye so i thought that was a good uh, good thing that i thought it was a good place to go and given that we have we barely have any resources so you decided to kill two birds with one stone yeah actually three because my third piece will also come out <laughs> so. i like how you subtly plug that in but dear readers do think about stepping up and subscribing because for ayush to be able to cover more region for ayush to attend more rallies and get you more insights get you more stories that others are not covering we really need to be able to send our reporters like ayush and gorav out places but that can only happen once you decide to support us but ayush this is a humongous task of monitoring social media that the election commission yeah. is doing and there are barely 5 to 6 people yeah. like you as a reporter being inside there being inside that building with these people do you think they are capable enough or the resources are sufficient for them to take this on they are definitely capable enough because i went around talking to you know four five of them personally i sat down with them for half an hour each and they're all busy bees and they're constantly working and monitoring things but for example the how sunil told me things that might not be as difficult as they seem for example in the constituency of siddhi in madhya pradesh there are 26 candidates running for office for the member of parliament but there are only two people out of these 26 who have social media profiles so it becomes down to just monitoring two people and by the way if anyone of them has a social media profile which they haven't declared then they get to know of that too so Ooh. they are clever that way so are they punished for that no they are sent a, a notification they sent a letter saying is this your page because this page is definitely campaigning for you and now i idhar udhar ka page would spend so much money in putting out such content then the party responds saying this yes or no this is our page or not our page and if it's not their page it's taken down and one of the pages was taken down in front of me so you got to see a lot of action yeah. being in the building yeah uh guys you can see more of what ayush has reported on on our website newslaundry.com but that's a wrap for this episode so ayush what's your recommendation so on sunday 5th of may was the 101st birth anniversary of the great karl marx and recently there was a you know debate between two 
tallest philosophers claim to be Slavoj uh, Žižek uh, and Jordan Peterson it was called the debate of the century and it was on his ideas and uh, you know Marxism and socialism point is that Marx is still relevant 150 years after he's passed away so people should check out that debate and see why okay Gaurav what's your recommendation for today uh Well, it's a piece from the Washington Post. It's titled, uh, This author may have solved a 130-year-old mystery about the elephant man. And uh, the the author, Kayla Epstein, if I'm not wrong, she talks about how the mysterious elephant man in 1890, you know, the guy who had the disease yeah, where yeah, his yeah. head is growing out of proportion on the right yeah, side I and remember. his arm, etc. They dug up his tissues and bones and they've conducted like studies on it. Hmm. So she might have traced... how exactly this genetic disease does come about because you don't yeah. really see it anymore now mm. but in the 1890s this guy who was the elephant man was became really famous for uh, basically his appearance but no one till date was able to point out the reason behind his genetic condition and that is what the article in washington post uh, talks about they've been doing this recently so i think a, a like year like up yeah a okay. year ago what they did they dug up edward the 3rd Okay. The guy on whom Shakespeare wrote What? the famous <laughs> play from a parking lot in England, and they obviously tried to find out. He was buried in a parking lot. N- that place now has a parking <laughs> lot, Cherry. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> What 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 is the question had? So uh, yeah. But the way you put it, it was like he was buried yeah. in the parking lot. I was like, he uh, is, but uh. the parking lot came later. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> parking lot. You lost your chain of thought. And you know they did what they were trying to do is because Edward the Third had a disease, and this thing the British take these things very seriously. They want to find out why he you know was had a limp, and they dug him out. To, took his sample tissues i don't know what's the result and then they exhumed him again mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah i would like a lot of people to be dug out to be on very honest i think tutankhamun was also dug out in egypt and it's the story oh, that was recently right if i'm not that wrong that was 5 6 years ago no there was one other okay my maybe getting it from yeah. but there was one other uh, egyptian king who was dug up recently yeah they well. do that and Shit, this is this like a norm now that you can dig up dead people to like study genetic yeah, tissues yeah that's so all? cool no i mean that with the hindus you can't do it because it's so hopeless you burn them <laughs> but with the, with the ones you bury do you have a you have a chance at least cherry My recommendation is Ayush's piece from Bhopal. He spent a day with the election commission officials and there's a lot of nice humor in there which sometimes Ayush is missing in this podcast. <laughs> But uh, do check out his piece. It's headline Meet the Chokidars of the Election Commission who are monitoring social media this election season. Thank you to everyone who's listening to us, writing to us, tagging us on social media, DMing Gaurav and not Ayush because he chooses not to be DM'd. Please don't. <laughs> we do brainstorm about whatever comments and feedback we are getting. We think about how to make ourselves better. So please keep your feedback coming. Love, brickbats, whatever. Do tweet to us. Write to any of us. You can write to contact at newslaundry.com or you can write to me at cherry at newslaundry.com. Also like I said please do remember to pay to keep news free independent and azad to subscribe to news laundry you can visit our website newslaundry.com and go to newslaundry.com/subscription and listeners if you listen to our podcast on any other platform like spotify soundcloud or stitcher don't forget to check out our website www.newslaundry.com go and click on subscribe and check out other cool stuff that we do and another note which i'm very happy about uh 3 weeks from now Reporters Without Orders will be solely available on its own channel. Woohoo! Yay! So you keep listening to us, subscribe to the new channel and to News Laundry. Happy subscribing. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.